Welcome to OpenSAP Invites, your invitation to learn with us on the go. Welcome to OpenSAP Invites. I'm your host, Robert Nichols. And in this episode, we will learn more about Human Experience Management, or HXM, with Dr. Stephen Hunt. Steve will tell us what is HXM, what are the different types of employee experiences that determine how we feel about our work, and how the environment we work in can influence that experience. Steve will discuss that managing employee experiences is also about managing perceptions, expectations, and attitudes. And finally, Steve will explain why HXM is important in a world of accelerating change and shifting job markets. Steve is the chief expert for work and technology in the SAP Innovation Office. His work focuses on the design and deployment of technology-enabled processes to improve workforce agility, productivity, experience, engagement, and well-being. An industrial organizational psychologist, Steve has helped create human resource solutions that have positively influenced millions of employees working for thousands of companies worldwide. He regularly speaks on topics related to the changing nature of jobs, organizations, and work, and has written many articles and several books on strategic HR methods, including Common Sense Talent Management, Using Strategic Human Resources to Improve Company Performance, and Hiring Success, The Art and Science of Staffing Assessment and Employee Selection. Hi, Steve, and welcome to Open SAP Invites. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for, for participating. Really appreciate it. Just want to give a, a little background to our audience. Um, you guys may not realize, but Steve and I first worked together on an open SAP course back in 2015 called An Introduction to SAP Success Factor Solutions, a course that was focused on human capital management. We didn't come back together again for another open SAP course until earlier this year where we launched um, an introduction to human experience management in the spring of 2020. Um, in that course, uh, you know, it was explained the relationship between the employee's work experience and its impact on customer experience, productivity, and the general quality of work. But before we dive into uh, the subject of human experience management, Steve, I wanted to ask you about your experience as an instructor for OpenSAP. I kind of recall back in March of this year, um, that right before we were ready to record our videos for that first course, um, the world had shut down, right? We all start, started social distancing and we found ourselves at the last minute having to come up with a new plan with how we're we gonna do the recordings. And of course that was that you're gonna have to record from home. And it was one of the first courses I recall this year where we were doing that, we we're recording the entire course um, with all the instructors doing this from home. And I remember when you were sending us some test videos, our our feedback to you was that you needed more lighting. So we need you need to light up your face more. You need to get rid of those shadows on the back wall. We need more lights. And I remember you had finally got to a point where you had told us that you had used every light possible in your house. You sent us this uh, wide angle photo of your setup. And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, it looked like you were using every light in your house. And I remember I remember the first thought I had, I said, oh, the man's poor family is upstairs in the dark bumping into the furniture. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. My wife made the comment. She said, if you take any more lights, we won't be able to read. Um <laughs> No, I, I, you know, I think it was, that was funny. We've come so far. Somebody once said that uh, any time before April of this year is ancient history. <laughs> it yes. seems so long ago. Um, 
No, you know, I think the thing you said, though, about like the open SAP courses, I do remember when we first worked on it and, um, you know, it has been, it's been a fun partnership. I think it's also, for me, it's been amazing how big an impact these courses have. I remember the first time that I, you know, I was asked to do it, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I've done a lot of speaking and presentations. And uh, then I got a ping back a few years later. It's like, you know, 35,000 people have watched your course. Yeah. I was like, yes. oh my gosh. And I've even run into people like back when we could travel. I remember I'd be at a conference and people would walk up to me and say, Hey, you're the guy on the open SAP course. So, um, it's been a, it's been really a delight to work with the program and particularly see how, how much of an impact it does. It allows people to get access to knowledge, you know, people that I would probably never be able to meet in person would like to meet in person and they'd be, and as well as my colleagues and kind of benefit from what we've learned. So it's cool. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, and that kind of kind of uh, kind of leads me to the question, knowing that your background as an organizational psychologist, you know, what is your view about online learning and particularly how it relates to employees experiences as companies use online online learning more and more to enable their workforces? Yeah, well, we talk about what could be a whole entire podcast episode. Um I think what we're really seeing and like so many things we talk about work and society in general, what this pandemic has done. And, you know, it's it's been a tragic thing. So I don't want to downplay the, the, the negative impacts it has had. But it has fast forwarded a lot of changes that were sort of moving along and probably should have been accelerated a lot more. And one of these is the use of online learning. If you look at um, both for employees, but also even in schools. There are some things that are better learned sitting by yourself. You know, uh, we don't need to all come together to sit in a big lecture hall to all basically listen to the exact same thing. And, right. you know, and so I think that you're seeing this a lot more. I think what's really missing and what we're all going to be hungry for is coming back together. But I think the way that learning and talking to a lot of, I, I spend a lot of time talking to human resource leaders, including, you know, heads of learning and training and development. And all of them said, you know, much more use of blended learning. And so that when we bring people together, it's not going to be all to sit and listen to the same thing. We're going to bring people together to interact, do hands-on exercises. But increasingly, online learning will, will be the most effective way for just, you know, pure knowledge delivery. Yes. So as you know, we have a new human experience management course coming out this month, October 2020, um, called Human Experience Management, the Next Phase of HR. And in that course, Steve, you define employee experience as the beliefs, feelings, and attitudes resulting from an appraisal of one's job's experience. You highlight the fact that employees have always had experiences on the job, but it's not until recently that companies have recognized the importance of those experiences and the relationship to a company's effectiveness. I'm always amazed how things are common sense today that were not common sense just a few years ago. So I've got to ask, what happened in the last few years that the light bulb has turned on in recognizing the strategic importance of managing employee experiences? Well, well, as a psychologist, I mean, as a psychologist, we've been focused on experiences for decades. So the concept of experience, there's nothing new there. Um, and we've always said it's been important. But to be honest, it's become more important, um, paying attention to the experience employees are having at work. And the reason it's become more important, more than there's many reasons, but more than anything else, it is 
the accelerating pace of change and the level of stress that employees are under, coupled with the fact that increasing change and competition, companies need employees to be highly engaged, highly focused, highly creative, highly collaborative, highly service oriented, you know. And these are things that are difficult to do if you're frustrated, stressed, or anxious. And so companies often cannot control the amount of pressure employees are under, but they can absolutely affect the environment that allows employees to effectively deal with those stresses. And this is what has made employee experience so important. On top of that, there's also, you know, a growing skill shortage. And even as we're like going through, you know, sort of an economic downturn, still, there's still a, a shortage of highly skilled employees. So not only is experience more important for people being effective in the job, it's also really critical if you're competing for talent. Um, it's very easy for employees that are sort of the, you know, the employees that you most seek after, which are high-skilled, high-performing people, are also the employees by what makes them attractive, makes it pretty easy for them to find work elsewhere. Right. So um, th there's also this need to pay attention from a retention standpoint. But I, I think that's the less important one to me. The one that is really important is regardless of retention and turnover, it's just simply we need to create high-performing work environments and have high-performing work environments. People have to have effective experiences. We don't do well when we feel anxious, lonely, frustrated, like our work is meaningless, none of that leads to positive work outcomes, nor positive life outcomes, which I think is a nice blend of the two. And, and I also have to believe, um, I mean, we have a we have a generation of employees coming into the workforce now that have that have grown up on social media and for most of their adult lives have had smartphones and applications at the touch of a finger. So I, I got to imagine that, um, you know, having that that generation coming into the workforce, that there's expectations from them about what their experiences would be at their employer. There is. I always get really careful on this point because ageism is rampant in our society, especially when you, people talk about, well, the next generation is different. Um, which for the most part, they aren't, they're just younger. Um, right. but the, but yeah, I think what has happened is that what is true is people, the difference between somebody who has grown up with, a, with mobile technology and all that sort of stuff and good, you know, consumer grade technology experiences versus maybe a, an employee that has been around longer and hasn't been that is if you're, if you're older and have had more experience, you're kind of like, well, it's not as good as it should be, but it's better than it used to be. If you're younger, there's no use to be. It's just it isn't the way it should be. So you, I think that personally, I think that leads to a lot of the impatience and frustration um, that you find when you are younger. And as you get older, it's like, you know, you have a sense that, well, it's gotten better. So I think it's more of that. So I, but I don't think this is at all being having anything to do with generational differences. I, I, I don't believe that's the cause at all. I think what it really okay. is is just across the board, people expect they know better experiences are possible. They expect it and on top of it, you need to provide it. But if you looked at actually the people that are probably currently under the greatest pressure, it's people that are have children and aging parents and they're dealing with that at the same time they're dealing with all this changing work. And so I would say if I guessed where experience probably has the biggest impact on employees, and this is just me speaking intuitively as a person who thinks about bosses, it's not people like that are, you know, the next generation of workers. It's really your established talent people that are 
neither looking to retire nor just starting, but are just in the middle, right. which is the bulk of your workforce. And that makes sense. So let me ask uh, the most obvious question. What is human experience management? Human experience management, it is the strategic management of the experiences companies create at work and the relationship between those experiences and employee agility, um, performance, development. So it's really a, a very conscious management of the experiences we're creating for employees. And I think it is really an evolution. It's not a replacement of what has been done. Anybody used to be called human capital management or, you know, the broader field of human resources. It's really an evolution of it because companies, when they would look at sort of human resource processes and workforce management processes, historically, the focus was on what does the company need people to do? You know, how can we get people focused on goals? How can we get people focused on development or whatever is the company wanted people to do? And processes were designed from very an employee centric and rather an employer, an employer or company centric standpoint. And then and I would sit, I, I mean, in my career, I have sat through countless process design meetings where you'd go through this whole process of how are we going to get employees to do what we want them to do? And then at the very end of the day, you'd have this what was called the WIFM exercise. What's in it for me? Where you try to come up with some reason why employees would possibly want to do this process. And if you couldn't come up with one, you just said, well, we'll force them to do it by not paying them unless they don't, unless they do it. Um, You know, very compliance based. What, What HXM is about is saying, no, we're most effective when we balance what companies need and what employees want. And and it's not putting employee wants above company needs. It's putting them at the equal level. So you start out from the beginning when you're looking at processes, looking at it from the perspective of employees' eyes. So it's like, how can we design a, a process or implement a technology or create an environment where employees do things not because we're telling them to do or we're forcing them, we're doing it because they want to, because they see how what the company wants them to do aligns with their own personal goals for their own lives. And this is really the heart of HXM. And in the course, we talk a lot about this because I'll give I'll give an example. Um, one, one of the common HR processes is the historical is called onboarding. When you hire a new employee, you onboard the employee. And it's the process of getting them set up so that you can make them productive as fast as possible. I've never heard an employee say, I can't wait to be onboarded. Right. <laughs> it sounds like waterboarding. I mean, <laughs> I can't wait to be onboarded. No, I've heard employees say, I want to be welcomed. I want to be accepted. I want to be included. I want to be set up for success. That is HXM. It's not about, it's the same process, but it's a shift in mindset. It's a shift in mindset about how we think about it. And then taking advantage of modern technologies that allow us to create much more effective experiences for employees. You know, things like automated, you know, automating things so employees don't have to do it. The use of mobile devices so it's easier for employees to get access to stuff using technology to connect people with other people. So there's a lot of ways you can use technology to really reimagine the experiences we create at work. But it starts with this focus on the most effective organizations do not get employees to do things 
the most effective organizations align with what companies need to do with what employees want to do. That's a nice quote. Thank you. <laughs> um, in the course, you, you know, before you start talking about the concept of managing experiences, you begin by discussing the need to understand the different types of employee experiences that determine how we feel about our work, whether it's enjoyable or not, and how the characteristics of the employee's environment influences those experiences. You start to touch base on that already, but what are the different types of employee experiences and how does the environment shape how we experience work? Yeah, and this was this was fascinating. This is why the the HXM stuff is so fun. If you're a psychologist, because <laughs> you know <laughs> we study employee, you know, people's behavior and reaction. And if you look at what drives whether or not somebody likes work, it, it's really sort of three different kinds of experience. The first is what we call task experience, which is: Am I able to be effective in my job? Do I have the tools I need to do? Do I am able to be efficient and productive? you know, able to get stuff done. And we call this is task experience. And, you know, I always say, if you want to know what a bad task experience is, if you've ever yelled at your computer or phone before, that's a bad task experience. And, <laughs> right. and it's, it's not trivial task experience. Um, having a good task experience is not going to make you feel great. You'll feel efficient. But a bad one is incredibly frustrating. There's some really interesting psychological research called illegitimate tasks, which is basically where people are being required to use tools or do things that make them feel like the company is just wasting their time. And they're like, I've got stuff to do. I have things to contribute. And you're making it difficult for me to add value. It, it takes us out of work. It creates frustration. And we'll even carry it home. And we can think about that. We've all had that experience. You're just like, yes. so that's the first one. That's task experience. The second one is social experience. <clears throat> one of the big things that influences our quality of work is the people we work with. Do we feel included? Do we feel like we've got friends at work? That we get along? We feel that we like being part of the culture. Humans are a herd animal. We're like tribal, if you will. We like being part of groups. And yes, there are differences in introversion and extroversion, but no one does well when you feel isolated and alone. And on top of it, the more stress you're under, the more you value having that sense of community. And so looking at how can we create processes and methods that link employees together, and you know, technology can be very powerful for this, Technology also used wrong can isolate people. So finding ways to leverage technology to create more communities. And that's social experience. The third, the third one is fulfillment experience. And this is about the larger picture of is work fulfilling what I want work to fulfill in my life overall? And there's two sides to this fulfillment experience. One is higher order purpose, like is the job allowing me to contribute to the world the way I want to in terms of the impact I have, as well as allowing me to build my own career the way I want to. That's sort of the higher order. But there's another side that's equally important, in some cases more important, which is, is the job allowing me to live the life I want to live in terms of supporting my family, stable pay, reasonable work hours, those sorts of things. And if you look at these three things, <clears throat> task experience, social experience, and fulfillment experience, what's interesting about them is they're all important, but we make trade-offs between them as we go through work. But if any one gets below a certain point, 
the job will become unbearable. So for example, you know, in my own career, I worked for startups at different times in my career. Startups typically don't have really good task experiences because they don't have very much money. And so you end up having to make do with stuff a lot, but it's got a great social experience and, a, you know, fulfillment experience. So you kind of have these different trade-offs you make. But to sort of to end this, I'll use an analogy that um, I've used a lot. And people say it's a really good one to understand these three things. You can kind of think of task and social experience, social and fulfillment experience and enjoying a job, sort of like imagine if you go on a hike. If I walk, if you go on a hike or a walk out there, task experience is having shoes that fit. If your shoes fit, it's not going to make a great hike. But if you've got shoes that don't fit or a rock in your shoe, it's going to be frustrating. And it's this unique frustration, right, that it kind of takes you out of the market. Right. Social experience is who you're hiking with. Do you get along, move at the same pace, having a good conversation? And then uh, fulfillment experience is where are you hiking to? Is it to a beautiful valley that you've always wanted to visit? If you look at that, you know, what makes a great hike? It's a trade-off between all three of those. But if anyone gets below a certain level, it's not a good hike. Really good analogy. (laughs) Um. So, I mean, you just talked about, you know, the different types of experiences. Now, how about the environment and how it shapes those experiences? Yeah, I think <clears throat> this is what the course really gets into. Um, where and one of the things that for me personally was super exciting about doing this course was when I was first approached to help kind of create it because I'd done other, you know, um, open SAP courses. Um, and I worked with Yasmin Schley on this. And that the first thing I said is, let's bring in people from across SAP for this, because there are some real deep experts across our company. And some of these people, some of them are in more customer facing roles. Others really aren't. They're all fantastic presenters. But like, um, you know, some of the people were in like our, our internal design group. And most of our most people outside of SAP would I'll probably never get to meet these people. And right. so we went across SAP, Qualtrics, and Success Factors and brought together people with different perspectives on the things that shape experience. And we go through and we look at it from technology design itself. How do you design a technology system and a user interface with experience in mind and what creates a great technology experience? We also look at the different quote. I often say the phrase moments that matter across a career life cycle. How do you create an effective recruiting experience when people are looking for a job, going from, you know, finding work to seeking career opportunities? How do you create an effective learning experience when you're in a job? How do you create an effective experience between managers and employees and the relationship they have? So we looked at these different aspects, too. And in all of these, we look at key concepts and then talk about, you know, the role that technology can play. But the course is not about technology per se. It's about this idea of how to think about technology and think about these different moments and experiences, interactions. And then we then it even looks even broader. We brought in people that have worked with our customers on how do you adopt an experience mindset into your overall HR and workforce strategy and even at a higher level? And how do you use experience data, data about how employees feel and tie that to what we call operational data? You often hear in SAP, we talk about X data, experience data, and O data, operational data. How do you tie those together? So the course looks at all of these different things. Um, you know, and, and dives into each of these topics. And I think that's what makes it such an, an exciting course that even all of the instructors in the course, we're all like listening to each other going, wow, that's really cool. Yes. I never thought about it from that perspective. 
That's an, that is a great experience behind the scenes in developing these courses as these teams come together. So you talked about the different types of experiences. You talked about how the environment can shape those experiences. But we know that managing experiences is not just about creating great experiences, but also about managing perceptions and expectations. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is, of course, gets into a lot. A really big part of HXM is what we call employee listening. And not just listening, but how do you listen to employees, understand employees, and create really a dialogue? Because whether or not an experience is good or bad is heavily dependent on two things that are not about the experience. The first one is expectations. What is it people want from that experience? So, for example, you know, you could give two people the exact same experience and one person might like it and one person might dislike it based on what they thought it should be. The second one is, you know, you use example of like uh, going to like a uh, I'm I'm thinking like, (laughs) it's funny, I'm thinking of my own life with my own like significant other. Um, You know, if we're going to go to like a concert, right? I kind of know what the band's going to be like. I have to like prepper for it, right? (laughs) She's going to one thing and it's something else. (laughs) But the um, the other part is, so there's expectations, but the other part is also perceptions, which is what do people take away from that? And that also varies a lot across individuals. And how do you manage that? So, you know, a really good example, just taking it back to work, is compensation. There is a lot of research that whether or not people are happy with how much they're paid is not necessarily about how much they're actually paid. It's about their expectations about how much they should be paid. And it's their perceptions of the fairness by which pay decisions are made, which is not about managing the actual absolute level of pay. It's very often about managing the communication that you have with employees. So, Steve, you know, the next obvious question about human experience management, why is it important? Well, I think it's going back to what we sort of chatted about the beginning. It's important because as the world becomes more and more digitalized, we are employing people not to do things machines can do or employing people to do things that are authentically human, which are things like being empathetic, being caring, being creative, being collaborative. These things technology can imitate, but it can never do. Technology can never care about another human. Only humans can care about other humans. That's an example. And, but Our ability, the thing about people is people are capable of amazing levels of adaptability and creativity and change. We are capable of amazing levels of performance, but we're also capable of absolutely terrible levels. And whether or not we're really effective or ineffective has everything to do about the experience that we're having at work. And that's why it's so critical. The faster the world is changing, the more companies need to rely on what is the one stable resource in a company, which is people. You know, organizations may change, but they'll always employ people because an organization is an organization of people. And people are not only the one stable resource in a company, they're also the single best resource for dealing with change. One of the big myths about people is that people fear change. That's not true. People fear poorly managed change 
we're actually phenomenally good at change. It's what we're wired to do. The competitive niche of humans as a species is our ability to adapt to changing environments. We're really good at it. It's called learning and it's good for us, but we're only really good at it and we only really enjoy it if we are having the right managed experience where we feel that we have the tools to effectively overcome the challenges we're facing, task experience, that we feel connected and supported in other people, that's community experience, and we understand the reason for the change and feel like this is a worthwhile and achievable goal, which is fulfillment experience. When we have those three things, it is amazing how much change you can throw at people and how they can just rise to the occasion. Yeah, all this time I've been believing that myth that uh, people were uh, averted to uh, to change. Um, but you're right. Obviously, if it's, if it's managed well, I think they would agree if you're making things better for them to be successful at their jobs. Yeah, I think the fear of change, to be, to be very sort of cynical and honest, I think that was perpetuated by bad leaders that they're like, well, people aren't doing what I want to do. They must fear change. It's like, no, you are just a lousy leader. You have not effectively communicated and created the environment by which people thrive at change. Um, it's a cop-out. It's sort of like the same thing I was, the two big cop-outs on this one is, I think the people you say, whenever you hear some people fear change, it's usually some leader that is struggling to get people to change the way they want them to. And that's usually because the leader forgets that being an effective leader is not about what you want other people to do. It's about other people wanting to do things that you want them to do. Right. That, it's not leader. Leadership is not about what the leader does. Leadership is about what other people are inspired to do. Um, and so I think a lot of like leaders that are more, you know, basically probably more transactional command and control leaders would get very frustrated because people aren't doing what I want them to do. That's because they fear change. It's like, no, you're actually not a good leader. Um, it's sort of similar to whenever I hear companies say, you know, talk about turnover and they'll go, well, you know, employees don't quit companies, employees quit managers. And I'm like, no, employees quit companies that don't enable their managers to create effective work experiences either because they don't hire the right managers or they don't support or more more in the case they don't support managers so a lot of this hxm movement is in the mindset is getting leaders to understand this to understand the power of people depends on leaders taking an active interest in creating effective experiences for them the good news is that the world is changing so fast that Pretty much every single leader I talk to now is not, they don't need to be convinced of this. They know they have to get good at creating effective employee experiences. What they're looking for is how do I do it? And a lot of them struggle because it's not the world they grew up in. And they're like, well, we need to lead differently. Help me lead differently. Oh, that's good to know, because I was going to ask you that, you know, what what was your sense out there of, you know, HR leaders and accepting the, these changes, you know, and managing human experience? Um, so that, that, that's good to hear that they already recognize that. That's a big that's a big hurdle in itself right there. Well, and this COVID stuff we've gone through just fast forwarded on this yes. whole thing. So yep. So with that, I mean, what's next? What what is the future of HXM? Um, well, I just think it's gonna continue to evolve. I think it is, it is. We're going to um, you know, the technology is moving so fast that we're constantly coming up with it's, it's one of the things where you create new experiences using new technologies, which leads you to say, build new technologies, create new experiences. So the, 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 the good news is that, you know, it's, there's an experience like 
like exponential curve in the world of technology, just creating better and better tools for it. Um, I, I think the so you'll see more and more innovation in that to the point that companies that don't get good at HXM, they're going to end up employing the people that can't get jobs anywhere else, which is not a good staffing strategy. Right. Um, so HXM is becoming kind of like a requirement for companies, which is really good. I think the analytics are going to get better and better and better and better, particularly connecting experience data to, you know, profit and loss type data, understanding how do the different experiences we get from employees drive things like customer satisfaction, um, you know, launch of new products, safety. There's a lot of, there's already a lot of data on this. And this really gets into what SAP calls the intelligent enterprise, which is the, you know, the big part of it is the connection of people to business outcomes, which historically companies haven't been good at. Um, but technology is making this much more effective so we can understand what is the business value of creating a more effective experiences for employees. Um, I think so we're going to see more and more of that. It's going to elevate the importance of people. I think um, probably one of the biggest changes, and this is already happening, is that companies are starting to look in their operational meetings at experiential data. There's, um, which historically it really was viewed as an afterthought. And this is a lot more than employee engagement. It's really looking at, you know, specific ways employees are feeling, confidence they have towards different things, how that's affecting business outcomes. Um, have they, the last, can I just so, ask, have they been able to quantify that data in some way to do? Yeah. Okay. Some, I mean, yeah, we're, you know, this is, if I personally, the work that I'm really heavily involved in in SAP right now is looking at this exact topic. How do we use intelligent enterprise technology like, you know, HANA and our S4 system to link historically somewhat siloed people processes and technology with, you know, finance, supply chain, customer technology to see the connection? Um, I think the last thing, too, that I found the future of exit, I mean, again, in this, you know, on this one, to some degree, the future is now, is much greater focus on well-being of employees. Um this has happened. COVID has accelerated this, but there's much more of an appreciation, understanding that the historical model of go to work and suppress your life outside of work, shut out your kids, shut out all of the things that affect your life outside of work, which never worked anyhow, but it was sort of the mindset that's going away. And people are saying we need to really manage people further in a more supportive way so that work complements your life and does not conflict and compete with it. Right. So, Steve, um, you currently co-host a podcast series called Work Matters with Robert Richardson. Robert is also one of the instructors from our Open SAP course on HXM, you know, the next phase of HR. And both Robert and I go by the name Rob. So I'll just say that during the development of that Open SAP course, we had our share of confusing emails with both of us copied in the message addressed to Rob. But, but I wanted to ask you, tell me more about this, this podcast. I, I learned about this podcast series as, as part of preparation for this podcast. Why don't you tell me more about this podcast series, Work Matters, which sounds like it does relate to the topic of HXM. And in addition, can you tell our listeners where else they can go and learn more about HXM? Yeah. Well, thank you. The, the, the Work Matters podcast, which is available on the Open SAP platform and also just the standard podcast platforms, it, it came out of this sort of HXM concept where Robert and I have talked to a lot of people 
in SAP, SAP partners, SAP customers, people that we just have encountered in the course of our work that have really focused on specific experiences of work. So, for example, um, we talked to, you know, one person who has built technology to help people find jobs. And what we have learned, we said he's learned so much about what it takes, the experience of finding work. And so he said, could you talk to people, just anyone who works out there about what you've learned about what it takes to find a job on the internet? And so he shared fascinating insights based on the experiences that he's had on how can you make the online job search experience a more effective and productive one. And it was based on somebody who built tools for it, but he doesn't talk about the technology. He talks about things like in that podcast, I remember he said the average number of jobs a person has to apply to before they get a job is like 34. I have Mm -hmm. no idea. And he says, yeah, because I get insight into this sort of data. And he said, most people don't realize that that if you're looking for work, you should apply for another job every single day. (laughs) Because it's just like constantly, you know? And so it was that. We also had another person from um, Equilibrium, which is another one of our partners talking about stress and resilience. And again, there was a person who, Andrew Chate is a expert in employee stress and resilience, and he just shared how all of us will experience stress at work. What are things you can do to help effectively manage it? So work matters that it focuses on these sorts of things. And it really is a it's a fun podcast because if you think I've done that is focused on the true end users of SAP solutions, which are not HR technology people, they're just regular employees that work. And that's what the, fo- the, fo- the focus of that podcast is on. So lots of kind of interesting, specific things on Work Matters. Other places to get information on the HXM, obviously the, the MOOC, please take that. Right. But the, um, Qualtrics has the XM Institute. Ben Granger, who is one of the sort of co-hosts of this uh, HXM course, does a lot of really interesting work on the XM Institute for Qualtrics. Definitely check that out. Um, certainly at the risk of self-promotion, follow me on LinkedIn. It's Stephen T. Hunt on LinkedIn. I write about this stuff all the time. Um, And if there's interesting stuff, I tend to kind of pick up on it and share it. Uh, Certainly, there's also resources out on the SAP and SAP Success Factors websites. Um, So a lot of places out there, but those would all be good starting points. Good. We'll we'll make sure to include that information in the show notes. Um, So to wrap up, last question. What are the key takeaways of HXM for our audience? I, I think the biggest you know, takeaway is this recognizing that when we truly need employees and people to be their best to help companies be successful in a very you know, fast-moving, changing world, that experience really does matter. But the thing that is so nice about the focus on experience management is it's one of those great examples where what is good for companies is good for people. It's moving away from sort of this historical transactional fight between employees and companies, you know, where a real partnership of this idea that we are all more successful when we all work in balancing our best interests. So we all come ahead. It's kind of that classic focusing on the win-win in the employee relationship. And, um, it's a great, it's, there's a financial value for it. And the cool thing too, is that we have technology now and, I guess I close by this. The technology is changing so fast in this area in terms of what we're able to do that any process that a company has for managing people that is was designed more than two years ago 
is outdated. There's just things that are possible now that weren't possible before. And when you start exploring this technology and really using it to rethink the nature of work, it's amazing how much better experiences we can create. Yes. Well, Steve, I want to thank you very much for participating in this podcast. And I also want to thank you for all of your support over the years to OpenSAP as an architect and as an instructor for multiple courses on our platform. And as always, it's been a pleasure working with you. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for listening to OpenSAP Invites. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and leave a review. Check out OpenSAP's free learning offering of massive open online courses, microlearnings, and podcasts on open.sap.com. <laughs>